0: Just like wonderful dynamics. Oh, yeah. Fabulous yeah, cool. job. Than 10 plus, plus, <laughs> plus.
1: Same. Oh, okay. it. Wonderful. It's yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys did great.
0: I sent it out to everyone through the YouTube. It was good. It was a bunch. So we had 500
1: people that came in person and over 800 wow. views online. So, wow. Wow. Yep, it's a lot. Yeah. So For Yeah, for the Living Last Supper, 500 people. In person and over 800 views online so far. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so pretty wild.
0: How often did you practice together?
1: Not, not many times. That's three times. A, Yep, so all together three, three times. times. So here was the thing: Tuesday uh, of the the horrid Holy Week. Ho, of oh, the Holy Week. of Holy Week. I, I was saying the horrid snow Armageddon that came, oh, yeah. uh, thirteen inches, was the night of our dress rehearsal. Wow. And like we had to run it. So we're sitting there and I'm praying as the snow just keeps falling. <laughs> and oh, John, So, and it, that shovel out so here you. So here's the story at 3 o'clock, Highway's still closed. I'm looking out the windows here. It was it was horrible getting here. And Jonathan calls me. He's like, "Look, man, I think we got to call it off." <laughs> He's like, "I don't think we can do rehearsal." And I knew cuz that first run through on, on Tuesday was rough. I'm like It was a little bit. It rough. was a little rough. And yeah. I'm like we got, I'm like, we need a rehearsal before tomorrow. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. So he's like, I'm like, I was going to check on it at 4 o'clock, and at 4 o'clock I was going to call everybody and let them know if we were going to have it or not. And he's like, well, I don't know. I think we should call it off now in case people start heading here early. And I'm like, I, I really just want to wait till 4 o'clock. He's like, all right. All right, we'll wait till 4. So he hangs up. I'm in, like, the high school gym, gym at this time. And,
0: How was our parking lot? Huh? How was our lot? Oh, it
1: was all slush and, you know, oh, a foot yeah. of snow. It was It was horrible. And then Dylan calls me right after that, and he's like, "Hey, I'm in Idaho Falls. There's no snow here. It's completely <laughs> clear. Nothing on the ground." He's like, "We saw rehearsal tonight." I'm like, "I got. I'm gonna make a call at four o'clock." And he's like, "All right. I'll 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 be on the lookout." After right after I hang up with him, I look outside and I pray. Not that this happened because I prayed. It happened because of Jesus. Uh, but I prayed. I'm like, "Lord, we. Re- I would love to bring glory to you in the best way that we possibly can." Oh. And and I, we need this rehearsal tonight. If you can make it stop snowing. I know this sounds like a very childlike prayer and and a request like a vending machine, but if you can make it stop snowing, that'd be great. And no joke, in that instant, snow stops. Wow. Five minutes later, plows go by on the highway. Five minutes after that, cars are driving on the highway. Um, You know, at 3.58, I walk into Jonathan's office like, can you believe it? And I'm like, no, but I prayed for it. <laughs> and it is, he's, like, it's, he's like, everything, and it, it got warm enough where <coughs> everything just melted on the roads. He's like, roads melted, everything's plowed, I think we can have rehearsal tonight. And I'm like, oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we had rehearsal that night. And then everything, I think, went off very well because we, we tried, that was our first time with all the musicians, all the lights, wow. all the tech, all the everything that would have been rough for a first time if you've never had lights on on you and the microphones going and your costume on and all that. So I ran it twice that night, and that second time, I'm like, all right. Well, I, I knew it, we needed it, and we were ready. So, Anyway, that's a quick story. That was fabulous. Oh, what a... Whew, that was where most of the anxiety was, was just that night. I'm like, we got 800,
0: it. 800. I'm just thinking. I'm just astounded. Mm-hmm. If you had 800 views online, that's like... You know, there could be five people with that one view. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. I know, probably you know, at if least. You start a true. Watching, it's oh, you. yes. Oh, how many total people watching? Yeah. Yeah, as we watch together. It's and, like the and so you think, yes. how many people did you touch? I don't
1: know. I know at least thirteen of those views was on Wednesday. Was every guy that was in the show yeah. to, to see if they can, to see what they can do to change. So when someone came up to me and they're like, "Have you seen how many views you have on YouTube?" I'm like, "Oh, I, I bet it's a lot. You know, I bet it's like twenty-six or something." Because I know every, it was maybe every guy that watched it twice. You know, <laughs> like to, to see how they looked and what they could change for the next night. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was probably a few." And uh, it was Jerry actually, our organist. He's like, "It's a little bit more than a few." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" he's like, you should take a look. And I took a look. And I'm like, and at that point, that, that night, that was Thursday, we were at 300 on, on Wednesday. I was oh like, oh, God. wow. Okay. So we're doing something here. Yeah, Very word, cool. Word, word spreads. Yep.
0: I, I posted on Facebook. Cool. Yay. Yep. I, my neighbors, so my, my,
1: my neighbor is the vice president of the Interfaith Fellowship mm-hmm. Organization in their, in their LDS. Her neighbors... No, my neighbor's best friend came, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who they were, right? And uh, someone comes up to me, and it's like, oh, we were just so moved. We know Jean and Renee, and I, I know my neighbor's ne- names are Jean and Renee, but it does not process in my <laughs> Lutheran <laughs> church that, like, their name would pop up. So I was like who? (laughs) And they're like, your neighbors. I'm like, oh yeah. They're like, yeah, we're best friends with your neighbor. Can we take a picture with you? And I was like, okay. So I like posed for a picture with these four ladies and I'm like, great. And that was that. So, and then apparently that got posted all over their materials. And I'm like, you reach into (laughs) different places that you never dreamed you could when you do different things last reflection on it before we move into this is uh so we called this uh you know a, a live drama a theatrical performance you call anything a, a theatrical performance people come and they sit in the front front was always full you call it a church service everyone sits in the back <laughs> so, i got t- i think i think we've got a marketing problem <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
1: think maybe a little change in marketing we, we, We'd see, a, who knows
0: Sounds like the pork producers <laughs>
1: The pork producers?
0: Pork producers They had to change their mar- the other white meat
1: Oh, okay that was,
0: that was how they started to
1: That's true mm-hmm. uh, Oh, okay that, you there. That's true <laughs> that's,
0: and, I, and I probably eat more pork because it's the other way. Yeah, exactly yeah.
1: Well, there we go It was a blessing Dylan, thank you for being part Truth of that And everyone that, that volunteered, volunteered for it, it was great and I thank all the guys for, being, for doing it, because it wouldn't have happened without them. So it was good. Uh, so we are First 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. I'll read for you the first verse, because we're going to review a little bit of the two previous sections at just with this first verse. So, Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Right, we have that verse written for you up here in the ESV, and I put these two words up here because in the Greek, there. Are, um, how many people have a, have different words there in the yellow in their Bibles? Anybody?
0: Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. What do you have? Corruption. Ah. And corruption. Uh, what translation like, do you have? You know? Um, New King
1: James. New King James. Okay, I love that translation. That is a far better translation of these words. Part of it is like just an understanding. We're kind of like, huh? What do you exactly mean? If it's like. Uh, The corrupt can't handle, cannot inherit incorruption, right? So we have our words over here, right? Plethora, aplethoresia, right? So corruption, destruction, decay, rottenness, decomposition, none of those say perishable, right? Those are what all the words are over there. Same thing for over here. So the the a kind of before this not just means past tense, but it also means like the counter of the word before it. So you can see it's the same word, just like if I say, um, uh, I don't know, flammable and inflammable right? It's the same word, but if I put like a a prefix on the beginning of the word, it now makes it not. Except I don't know about inflammable. Sometimes I feel like inflammable means that it's flammable, but but, but, anyway. Uh But um, (laughs) we're over here. So corruption. So that, uh, and it makes a lot more sense in this when you reflect on the sections prior to this verse. For I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the corruption inherit the incorruption. So when we go back and you look at the verses and sections prior to this, I don't even have these notes open. i got to open these. Um, the sections prior to this, and I have a note. Let me pull it up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So when uh, the section prior to this talks about the first man, the first Adam, right? So being Adam, and it talks about a second Adam, which we refer to as Jesus Christ. What we inherit from the first Adam is flesh and blood, right? And we also inherit original sin. So you have kind of, uh, and you want to change your origin point, is what Paul was talking about before. Change your origin. Now the, have the second Adam be your point of origin rather than the first one. Therefore, from the original Adam, we are flesh and blood, and we cannot inherit the kingdom of God because from that original sin we are corrupt, corrupt. and the corrupt cannot inherit incorruption, corruption. Golly, when did I talk about this? Uh, Weeks and weeks ago. The idea that, um, oh, this was a Leviticus sermon. This was just before Easter. When the clean comes in contact with the unclean, the unclean thing makes the clean thing unclean, not the opposite. The clean thing doesn't make the unclean thing clean, right? Same thing over over here. Corruption, when it comes into contact with something that is not corrupt, corrupts it, hence the word, right? Uh, Compared to the incorruptible. So I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood, right? These people. Oh, I wrote the stuff down. Great. Uh, the first Adam and second Adam. What we inherit. Look at that. Oh, I even have the verses over here. See, that's what I was looking for. 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses twenty-one and twenty-two. It refers all the way back to that. Do, 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 do. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, and by a man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So you get a direct reference back to those verses. So in a way, so we've been talking about this a lot. Let's answer these questions kind of as we go. Because in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, verse 35, we were talking about all the the sophists and the philosophers, the intelligent people that he was talking to, when they're saying, well, hold on. What is God going to do? Is he going to raise up, well, there can't be a resurrection from the dead, because is he going to raise up these bodies? I think too often what they're talking about and where you get that idea of mistake is when you mix up resurrect with resuscitate, right? Are you going to resuscitate these old corrupt bodies? No, I'm going to resurrect them. I'm going to change them. I'm going to mm-hmm. make them something new, but it's still the same base material. You'll still be you, right? Mm-hmm. When you're raised from the dead, when you're resurrected, you'll still be you, but you're not resuscitated. You're not it's a like crumb... Building
2: rebuilding a car from a junkyard, right? Yes, exactly. You're resurrected with new parts and everything, it's the same it's, basic you're getting, you're
1: getting the idea, exactly.
0: Uh, we can see Jesus' scars. I yes, mean, he still had his scars after he was... Mm-hmm. Will we still have our scars or, what, or is Jesus an exception? Or
1: I, so I would say where I'll go with this, and whether it's something you want to quote or not, is we have this term that Jesus is our propitiator, and by that is he's taken on our sin and he continues to take on our sin, right? So in that moment, he continues to take on the sin that I'll do tomorrow. Therefore, the crucifixion has to remain. So oftentimes we'll say the, the marks in his hands will still be there, and as, as so will the wound on his side. Um, but when I'm raised again, I, you know, you'll feel no sorrow and you'll feel no pain. Will you have a scar? I don't know. But if you do, it won't hurt, right? Or it'll be healed if a scar is considered something that's corrupt. It'll look cool, right? I tell people, like we, I think we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that the, the the pleasures of the heavenly body will be different than the pleasures of the earthly body, right? That Paul reflects on that. You know, uh, maybe I'll still get to eat in heaven, but I'll never feel hungry. Will I still have the same feeling of satisfaction if I'm never hungry? I don't know, but I but I'm sure I'm gonna love it. Whatever, whatever the alternative is, I'm sure it's gonna be great. Um, so I, cu- I couldn't tell you with any certainty, yes or no. Yeah. So, and, and we, we reflect on that a lot, especially, you know, with the, the imperfection, the corruptness, and the brokenness of this world, people that are born with deformities, whether it's mental or physical, you know, the question will often be like, what will they be like in heaven? And my answer is, I don't know, but they'll be perfect. <laughs> you know, they'll be loved by God, the same, and you'll see them, and you'll run and embrace and you'll know exactly who they are. I, that's the best I can give you. I'm excited for it. I
0: heard the explanation also. This, we still would have our scars, but it's somewhat to remind us that we've been remade. Yeah. And so we remember, there. whereas right now, like, we don't know anything from before our physical life. Mm-hmm. Certain religions say that people came from heaven they came here. Well, we, but this mm-hmm. explanation is that we will remember that we were in a place that needed redemption, but will now be in a perfect place. But again, no sure. sorrow, no sadness. It yeah. just be joy that, okay, this has been done for
1: me. So I wonder, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I think my, yeah, that's entirely sure. possible. Okay. I, when, I, when I was at my first church, my vicarage church, I was there for four years just because of the program I was on. Mm-hmm. And um, I won a, not, not an assignment, something I took on is we just had a lady who her husband passed away. And she was, golly, 75 or so. So it had been a long time. And I took her to Grief Share. And I went to Grief Share with her. And the, the thing that, that, I don't want, that blew me away at Grief Share was one of these videos. And I, I was like, how could they say that? But then the whole room, I didn't realize how comforted the whole room was by it. And it was this statement. And I'm not saying this is 100% true because you might go, what? But this statement was, um, they're in heaven now. They don't miss you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like it was one of those. Like they're not in heaven missing you. They, they'll be happy and anticipate your arrival. Hmm. But they're experiencing—they're okay. experiencing joy. There's no sorrow, and there's no pain. There's maybe eager anticipation for you to come and share the joy with them, but they don't miss you. And I was like—I looked around the room because I thought people—I thought these old ladies were going to start throwing chairs. And <laughs> and they were just so comforted by it. And I'm like, hmm. There's a level of wisdom and understanding there that I am not—I—I I could not perceive in that moment. And as I reflect on it more. Some of it is like if you, you might you may have guilt that they might be missing you or that you're separated, maybe if you were the one that didn't pass or anything like that. Um, but it's kind of again that reflection of no more sorrow, no more pain will there be, will, will you be able to miss people? Will you be hungry? Will you still carry your scars? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll tell you what this, this VHS tape had a pretty bold statement that said <laughs> you're not going to feel any of that. And I'm like, so that's just something to chew on. People listening. this is not. Chris Simmons' original theological thought, uh, that's a gospel truth or anything. It's just something to reflect on. You know, uh, so 1 Corinthians 15, I, ha- I have it over here, 35. How are the dead raised, and with what kind of body do they come with? They believed, again, kind of the concept is that the flesh was evil, and that the spiritual was the only thing that's good. Paul's been trying to overcome that, yet at the same time, which is genius, by the way, and it's when you kind of take all that you've gone up to this point, realizing that this is people's argument, when Paul says this, he embraces what they're saying. In a way, they're right. In a way, they're right. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Right? Over here, the corrupt can't, can't inherit the incorrupt. But that's not just all. Can someone turn to John chapter 3 and look at verses 3 through 5 for me? Do you have it, Dylan? Oh, please, read it out loud. And
2: it says...
1: So this is Jesus talking with Nicodemus By the way
2: it, I've got it on my phone in the New Living Translation mm-hmm. here It says I tell you the truth Unless you are born again You cannot see the kingdom of God mm-hmm. Nicodemus asked, What What do you mean How can an old man go back into his mother's womb And be born again Jesus says I assure you No one can enter the kingdom of God Without being born of water and the spirit
1: Thank you Right? What is that yeah, about to say, it starts with a holy and ends with an baptism, holy baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and when you're baptized, is it not this same body that is baptized? Yes. Exactly. So it's that, but it's again this weird separation that they have, but we also have it too with this concept of mortality, right? When you know we had a funeral on Thursday, his remains were left behind and they were uh, cremated and they sat up there on the altar while we talked about he was dancing in heaven. We're like, hold on, how does that work? Well, there's a there's a point where there's this point of mortality where it is separate, but there's a point again where it's united together again. You know what's beautiful about that? What are the two big themes of 1 Corinthians? Number one.
2: Questions.
1: All the questions that you're asking, I'm writing answers to them. What was the other one? Unity. 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 Again, so back to the theme about unity. There's a point where, yeah, sure, these things may be separate, but they will be indeed united again. So, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit writing, really, not But, uh, well, any questions on this? Because we'll start to unpack the rest of it as we move on.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. All right, someone read 51 through 53 for me.
2: Okay, I got it. Please. Uh, For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with or immortality. When the perishable have been closed with the, clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory.
1: Are you doing 51 through 53? <laughs> yeah,
0: I was wondering, well, too. Right it's right like, wow. wait a minute. He so came he out he in the wrong chapter. 53 54. Huh? That was good,
1: though. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I was just like, man. Yeah, I think I jumped ahead. That's I'm, right. sorry, yes, no, it's I'm okay. sorry. I'm two verses ahead. I'm ready to get fifty-one. Fifty-one, yeah. Okay. Listen,
2: I tell you a mystery. There we are. We will not all sleep, but we will. We will all be changed mm-hmm. in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed.
1: Thank you. So again, that we. That was a bonus. <laughs> that was a bonus, exactly. Yeah. For those of you who are already reading ahead. Um, so we got that moment where I talked about like the the body will be changed, right? It will be resurrected, not resuscitated. Um, we shall all be changed. What's interesting on this concept? Paul's addressing the living and the dead, is he not? Because again, in the early church, you have to realize people said when Christ says, "I will come again and I will take you with me," he's like, "Okay." Must be next week. <laughs> they're, they're, they wait with eager anticipation. It must be ten days from now. Oh, I can't make plans. I, no, I'm sorry, I can't accept your dinner and invite next Friday. Jesus will probably be here, and I'll be gone. You know, it's that kind of stuff. So when he's when he's writing, like, the living and the dead, there will be those who are sleeping and those that are not. And it's like, don't be concerned. They will be resurrected, and some of us will not be, but we too will be changed anyway. Right. So he's saying, like, it's not that death is a requirement when Christ comes back. Even the people that are still alive, Christ will change them too. And the the suddenness of awakened by a trumpet sound. I put these in here because, and we can look at them. We don't have to look too closely at them. But what always astounds me when we talk about end times, right? And people talk about the signs of the end times. This is how we know that Jesus is coming back. Let me tell you, it's, uh, oh, goodness, what were all the dates? You know, there was one not long ago, 2012 was a big one like mm-hmm. june june twelfth of 2012 was like this is the day jesus is coming back and people were it was on billboards and everything everywhere mm-hmm. and i'm like i kept laughing every time i drove by them you know i'm like they don't know they don't know <laughs> no one knows right exactly no one knows and it will happen so suddenly right so as i'm sitting there in worship at eight thirty, if you were there or not and i'm singing this hymn and i hear a trumpet uh, yeah. In the background, which was Alex, but I did not know Alex <laughs> was going to be playing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm so he's playing all right. like, "This is it!" <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm really like, "This is it! This is the moment!" And I'm like, "Oh no, false alarm! It's just
0: Alex." Uh, but almost like
1: an alarm clock, right? Is the image that you get awakened <laughs> by the trumpet sound. And this this is only three examples. But if you just um, go to go to the the demigod Google, or, you know, go to Google and Google trumpet sound. In the Bible, and you will get—I I mean, like eighty-five matches. There are so many trumpets and trumpets and bugle sounds in the Bible, and they all lead to the power of God and the awakening of people. Right? Whether it's the awakening of faith, whether it's the walls of Jericho, you know, and it's the the awakening of not just God's people but the decimation of those who don't believe. It's just there's so much. Um, this is the first one is just about the the suddenness of it. But over here, 1 Thessalonians, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians, that's Paul again, right? What I love about Paul is he's consistent. You will see ideas that he brings up in in 1 Corinthians. is one of his earliest writings that we have you will see ideas repeated. Why? Because everyone's got the same questions. Mm -hmm. Ironically, here in 2023, we all still have the same questions. Mm -hmm. So, just something to be neat. You know, Jesus says it himself. That's why I threw the Matthew one in there. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not (coughs) expect. Right? So the suddenness of it. The trumpet sound will raise the dead and it will change them from corruptible to incorruptible. It's the word of God and the power of God that changes us. Right. Any questions on that? Again, and, and I, I say Google it. I don't mean that as like a cheap excuse. I don't want to teach you something. There's just so much. And you're like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And Paul's, of course, re- referring to the Old Testament, especially he gets to this next section. It has a quote from Isaiah, a quote from Hosea in there as well, where he's kind of paraphrasing. But um, Just a reminder that you'll be changed, dead or alive. Let's go to the next part. No, did I double tap? I didn't. Okay, tell me 54 through 57 for me.
0: He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much.
1: All right. This is are I know. It's why we read it at funerals. It's to give that great reminder of the resurrection, that death is lost and sting. Um But thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ. And we can celebrate that at around Easter. Amen? Amen. amen? amen. Christ is risen. He is risen, he is risen, in risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Uh, so death swallowed up in victory. Why? Because, again, Christ is risen. So put on, clothed with robes in the blood of Christ. We hear that a lot in baptism. Um, when you see us, like, it has to do a lot of the tradition of what you see in worship. If you go to traditional worship, why um, Jonathan and I wear what's called an alb, that white dress that we wear. It's, a sim- it's not just a symbol of don't see who I am. See, um, I'm, I'm standing before you as a representative of God, but also mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm clothed. By the, by the blood of Christ, I'm made white as snow, and so are you. Same thing like the white collar. The symbolism behind the white collar is when I speak. You see everything around here. This is, there's a human that's, that's before you that's dead. That's why we're wearing the black. And the white here is that the voice is the voice of God that the gospels being proclaimed to you. So that's why there's the white over here. Well, there you go. Hey, look at that. Cool. So I knew something. Good. Uh, Next, next trivia night, why do, why do people wear white collars in church? Now you, now you have that, the voice of God. That's why we're proclaiming the gospel. So there we go. Um, so let, let's, I wrote, let's define each section of this statement over here. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ. Whose sin is the sting of death? All of ours. If you're talking about individually. The sting of death is my sin. Does that make sense? So that, that's part one. The sting of death is my sin. Part two. Why is the power of the law sin? So the, is the law good or bad?
0: Good. The law
1: good, is good. Law is good. But, it yeah, but it shows us our sin, which brings us to death. Therefore, they'll say oftentimes, you know, the, the power of sin is the law. But it's the opposite. The power of law is um, the power of law is sin, right? The power of sin is the law. Sorry, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm reversing it. The power of sin is the law, meaning sin itself, right? And you would even say the devil will say like, oh, you see the law of God that you've broken, therefore you deserve death. Is that true? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. If judgment was wrought down upon me, the judgment should rightfully be death. Right. So we have that. That's why the law maybe is still good even if the outcome is not one favorably. Why? Because it convicts you because of your sin. Therefore, your sin is the thing that pierces your heart. But thanks be to God, who gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, this is a... uh, I don't remember where this quote's from, but I I wrote this down directly. Just as death can no longer harm Christ.
0: Oh, I know where this is
1: from. This is from the epitome, article 1, verse something, something. Oh, well, if you want the reference, I'll give it to you later. Just as death can no longer harm Christ, so it cannot permanently harm those who are in Christ. For God has transferred the benefits of Christ's conquest of death over to us. Through the second Adam, we inherit it. Right? So now it's all coming together. Backward before we inherited um, that that original sin. Now, through the second Adam, we inherit this position that's incorruptible. The benefits of Christ are transferred, so to speak. That's why we say, um, this section in particular, golly, what is the other part? There's another one. When we talk about being clothed, it's just like if you take a white sheet and you put it over something. It's just in the same, same sense when you put something over it. It's like, oh, what I see is now the white sheet, not what's over it. What God sees is the righteousness of Christ, not the sin and despicable human that's underneath it. Why? Because I've been clothed by Christ, just like in the sense of like the, princess and the, the prince and the pauper. Right? If you, if you know that story or read that story, uh, where it's, the, you know, they're, they're kind of like identical twins, but not really brothers, I don't think. And um, the, the pauper comes up, and he looks so much like the king, the king can simply, or the prince, he can simply take his robe and place it over the shoulders, and it's like he's bestowed his royalty. Same thing that we get with Christ. Pretty cool, huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know. This section is, I don't want to say it's simple, but it, it's, it's very good, right? Because Paul's not just closing the letter, he's talking about the resurrection, Anything else here? I I thought I had one more quote for you. Okay, so here's a quote. Uh, This is another one from Luther. And I didn't write it down because I don't 100% agree with it. But let's see, let's just discuss it. In order for death to rule the human race, the law must be present and sin must be at work as transgressions of the law incur the penalty of death. Oh, that's not the quote I was thinking of. Oh, no, it's this one. Sorry. Uh, the very separation of body and soul is an assault on our humanity. For human beings are not essentially only a body or only a soul, but both joined together. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But the assault, uh, the separation of body and soul is a body and soul is an assault on our humanity. So that's kind of the idea that, like, it's, it's what, you know, the devil wanted, so to speak. I'm like, hmm. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Right? I think Paul has it a little bit more accurately when he talks about the, the blessings that we receive here are different than the blessings we'll receive later. But, I mean, do you not experience joy here? Do you not experience love? Do you not experience relationship with Christ? You know, I don't feel like my, I'm, my body is so separate from my spirit. In fact, we're told these bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, are they not? Right? That, was, that was earlier in this one. How about that? We're referring back to Paul's own writing. Scripture interprets scripture. How cool is that? Um, so we just answered our own question. Great. I'm moving on. Final verse. One verse left. I'll read it out loud for you. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Love it when Paul always gives you the big therefore. What does therefore mean? Do you you, you get that idea when you read scripture? When you reach a therefore? Pay
2: attention.
1: Um, you even pay more, a little more than pay attention.
2: Therefore, you need to go back and find out what it's there for. <laughs> that's
1: it. It uh, summarizes. I've never said it like that, but that's perfect. Yeah. Right? Oh, when you get God. to therefore, you need to realize right. why it's there for. Right. What it's there for, right? <laughs> Paul's saying everything up to this section, right? And you can, go, you can go by chapter, you can go by letter, you can go by like different changing concept of idea. Everything I've said up to this moment is for this therefore, right? Because what are the Corinthians struggling with? Unity, and kind of, you know, understanding a basic doctrine, right? So unity, and and all the questions that they have. And they've struggled with unity, they're struggling with this idea of a resurrection, that the body would be resurrected. He says, well, here's all the proof, here's everything you need to know. Therefore, my beloved brothers, everything I have mentioned to you previously up to this point, right? Be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The work of the Lord comes from the victory, not for my own victory. Uh, I think American Christianity has the biggest issue with this idea in particular. It's about me and Jesus. It's about my faith. It's about who I am. It's about what I'm learning. And what Corinthians is trying to rope you back into to get the idea is when you commune, whether you're talking about communion, like necessarily in worship, or even the act of communion, right? The body and blood in which we partake of, you are communing with a body. Faith is ours, not just mine. It's about what Christ has done. It's about what Christ has done. We are the body of Christ, each of it unique in its own ability, but Christ is the head. We're united under one head. It's not Jesus and one pinky toe. It's Jesus and an entire body of all different parts of different functions right? It's about the victory of God for us, not the victory of God for me. There's a personal element, but it's secondary, not primary. And I think people will miss that. We miss that most often. We say it all the time. I mean, we say it sometimes in our own uh, worship service. But what I love about what we do, especially here at Grace, is if you notice the things that we say out loud, we say a lot more about us and we rather than me and you. Right? There are times for, where me and you is important, but it's secondary to the us and we. So that's it. That's Chapter 15. Right. Five minutes to spare. I'm getting better. <laughs> 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 Any questions, comments on anything that we've covered over here? Yes, please.
0: I love to you about the corruption does not inherit in corruption. You mm-hmm. used the idea of the leper cannot be... the. The leper can, can that change its spots. Or no, you said the, the leopard, or the, not leopard, the leprous. You know, oh, yeah, leprosy,
1: up, yeah, the leper. Yeah. yeah
0: they um, If they touch a clean person, the clean person becomes unclean. Leper, right. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, and in verse 50, it talks about um, what we said, you know, mm-hmm. corruption in here, it's incorruption. That's in the flesh. Now, they say that the flesh and blood cannot inherit, right? Mm-hmm. So then in 52, there's a one that says um, that the um, incorruptible, wait, the, the, yep. that, no, 53, for this, the corruptible must put on incorruption. Mm-hmm. But I think that's cool because it it does say yes, the um, corruptible, uh, I'm going to get to you. No, no, yeah. The incorruptible will be, that corruptible will be incorruptible. Yes, that's yes. Only through the
1: change that mm-hmm. Christ makes. And kind of, and, and that ex- you know absolutely. I mean? And um, so, to, to to go back to that statement, when the clean comes in contact with the unclean, it's the clean thing that's made unclean, not the unclean right. thing clean. In all cases except so, for Jesus, Jesus right. right? He's, He's the one that's that, but... come to flip it exactly. Right? You even go to that Leviticus part when you're talking about the lepers, right? Yeah. He can go to a leper and touch them and make them clean. Yeah. The the woman with the twelve years yeah. of um, mm-hmm. a bloody discharge, right? right? She can go and touch Jesus and he makes her clean right. rather than her making her right. unclean, exactly. right? In every circumstance, right? right. right? And, and that's it's his reply often um, is like, what well, do you mean I'm unclean? Go and see them. Are they not healed? Therefore, are they, are they not unclean? Uh, are, they, no, are they not clean? Well, they are clean. Well, then how am I unclean? He's yeah. the only thing, right? He's, he is, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, yeah. I, I guess they, you say, he's spiritual bleach. Right. Right. The only thing that comes in contact with something and makes an unclean thing clean and it still remains clean. Jesus said the name is
0: made up of Formula Four (laughs) O (laughs) Nine. Formula four oh nine. Scrubbing bubbles. That's right. That's right. I like that you said that there will be no more pain, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I wrote down physical or mental mm-hmm. and that those who are loved ones who go before us. I have a son who passed away in mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. and um, I just always wondered, does he think of me? Does he, you know, I, I believe he's with the Lord mm-hmm. and I had this dream that, you know, when I'm, maybe it's real, maybe it's not, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but yeah. I felt a peace after I woke up knowing that he came to me and said, "I know you're crying, and I know you miss me, but I'm okay, yeah. and I'm very happy. I just mm-hmm. couldn't tolerate the stuff down there, and mm-hmm. it was, it was very peaceable. That I think mm-hmm. in a way they miss us, but yeah. I don't think they have time to think about that. exactly. <laughs> they're, they're doing their thing. They're do, uh, they're doing their and thing they're with the Lord. You know what? I mean, how much time do we have? Like when we're in the Word, we mm-hmm. don't have time to." Think about other stuff. Yep, right?
1: don't, don't look back at the, exactly. the paw field, right? So I think in a way says, they yeah. kind of do
0: know that we're not there and that they miss us, but I don't think it's like what we think. You know, we're exactly. Them.
1: It's eagerly anticipating someone's arrival. Yeah. Like I right. would say all the time, I'm at a theme park and I'm waiting for my wife to pull up. I don't miss her, but I can't wait for her to get there. Why? Because right. I'm having a great time. I can't wait for you to show up. And yeah. it's like, it's different than than, than missing. Mm-hmm. I had a pastor, and this, this is... This is way off the books. I should turn off the recorder. This is way off the books. But he was, um, uh, this is an LCMS pastor, by the way, years of experience on me, talking about the concept of heaven. And mm-hmm. as he, in his research, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, but uh, he essentially talked about since God is outside of time, mm-hmm. therefore heaven is outside of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can't you help but wonder there's a possibility that maybe people aren't waiting in heaven, but we all arrive at the same time? Yep, I've heard that. And I was like, yeah. hmm. And I'm like, you mean? Like not, not that I'm, I'm, I'm saying George Washington's in heaven, yeah. you know. But I'm like, are you saying that maybe I'll arrive at the same time as George mm. Washington? Yes. You know, it's right. like, it's only something. I, again, not gospel truth, not something I find right. in here. Got you know, it's so funny. We have all these ideas. When we get there, we're just gonna right. laugh and be like, yeah. man, I was. <laughs> ever, I don't know if you've seen Dumb and Dumber. You shouldn't watch <laughs> it. You know, you know, Samsonite, I was way off. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be that moment when I get to heaven. It's like, wow, I, I tried to guess, I was way off. Yeah, Mike.
2: Well, uh, what about the great cloud of witnesses that Paul talks about? And mm-hmm. some people say that that's the 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 souls and and the uh, mm-hmm. that, that have gone on before yep. the saints. Uh, and and that's the only really place that we see that. So it's a little bit speculative. Too. Yeah,
1: exactly. Are we? Wa- are they and, watching us? You know? Are they, they?
2: And then the thief on the cross, Jesus said, "Today, you mm-hmm. will be with me in paradise." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, but but he doesn't flesh that out either. No, he doesn't. So yeah. So you can take that, you know, a couple different directions also. Yep. Yeah. But but there seems to be, there seems to be a connection between those that have, the saints have gone on, and especially family. Mm-hmm. And stuff. I my our our parents are gone, and th- we've lost friends and stuff, mm-hmm. and I still dream about them, and I just still feel their feel their presence. It's mm-hmm. not like it's they speak to me. Yeah, verbally. But sometimes I just feel like, you know, dad will be proud of me yeah. or dad will go, you dip. Yeah, yeah. I feel their, I feel their, feel their presence mm-hmm. and I, and I miss them in that way.
1: Yeah. You know. Well, and, and not to make this all so much more convoluted, but like two things, so you mentioned the great cloud of witnesses, right? Who are witnesses for?
0: For us. <laughs>
1: for us so therefore consider all those who have died for the sake of the faith of the 500 that Paul mentions you know none of them have recanted right that we have scriptural or historical evidence for uh-huh. were they what are they witnesses for for us it's like wow you know that's why we can rely on the testimony and the gospels in which we read because these people never recanted and we know for sure for certain people like Peter were crucified upside down mm-hmm. never recanting his faith we're like okay. That was a witness for me, not necessarily like them talking to Jesus on my behalf right and then the, the second thing is you go all the way back to second uh, Samuel probably or first Samuel, right when Saul goes to the medium and uh, and you know through through God's power, not necessarily this medium, but this me- they essentially summon Saul back from the dead as like this ghost Samuel. 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 Sorry, I'm yeah, that's what I mean. Saul essentially oh. summons Samuel back from the dead, and Samuel says, "What are you doing?" Like you know, <laughs> no this it, and essentially curses him, and it's like, "Well, what about then?" He had to summon him from somewhere, didn't he? If if we all get there at the same time, so just to make it harder.
2: <laughs> I read a quote the other day that goes back to the first thing we were talking. Yeah. About yeah. Here. Uh, and it's I don't remember who said it, but the guy said, I know that the resurrection of Christ is true, and I know this based on the Watergate scandal. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> 12 men testified for 40 years that Jesus Christ <laughs> rose from the dead and they never recanted despite torture, imprisonment, and martyrdom. Mm-hmm. In Watergate scandal, you had the top intelligent and powerful people in the country that couldn't keep a lie straight for two weeks. There you go. <laughs> That's true.
1: Oh, we better pray after that one. All right, let's put our heads together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just the assurance you've given to us, you know, even with our message today talking about doubt um, within worship, that, that you overcome our doubts and our grief and our our um, our questions, even our disbelief. And we thank you for letters like here in 1 Corinthians that unify us, It helps us clarify ideas on Uh, what the resurrection is and what it means for us. We thank you. Um, Honestly, I thank you that the resurrection will come unexpected, that it will hear the trumpet call, and it will be time. So, Lord, we don't necessarily, we look forward to that day at the same time. Um, As we move to that day, help us to be just um, wonderful Christians in the way we evangelize and and bring your message to people because um, there are people I love that don't know Jesus, and I'd love for them in the time of that trumpet call to be resurrected and changed with me. So, um, Lord, we thank you again, for the resurrection of these bodies, the empty tomb that you have indeed risen and um, given us this great faith. Praise all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org and make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.